Are we about to go the way of the dinosaurs? Find out why Dr. Daniel Amen says that some human beings are on track to become extinct and the role brain health plays in your happiness on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello once again and greetings. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. Welcome to the Live Happy Now podcast, wherever you are in the world and however you may be listening. We are thrilled that you are making us a part of your day. We'd also like for you to make a part of your day. The Live Happy magazine. It is available on newsstands everywhere. You can get a subscription if you pull the little thing out of the magazine, you know, the thing they have, or you can send in, do that, to subscribe. Or if you're more of a digital reader, you can also find it in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. It's got all kinds of special features in there. It's, it's like when you buy the DVD or the Blu-ray, the special features, unless you're streaming things online like the podcast. <laughs> anyway, get the digital edition or get the print edition. Either way, get Live Happy Magazine into your life. We would much appreciate it, just as we much appreciate Dr. Daniel Amen, who is our guest today, a psychiatrist, a brain disorder specialist, and director of the Amen Clinics, which offer medical services to people who have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and other disorders. And Paula Phelps, our science editor, sat down with Dr. Amen to discuss the things you can do every day to improve your brain health. I'm so excited that you can join us today because I've been fortunate enough to talk to you before and I don't think anyone's made me think about my brain as much as you do. So you've really changed the way that we look at our brains and I wonder what made you so interested in this? Well, I became a psychiatrist because somebody I love tried to kill herself. And I took her to see a wonderful psychiatrist and I came to realize that if he helped her, which he did, it wouldn't just help her would end up helping her husband, her children, her grandchildren. And so I just fell in love with this whole field. And then in 1991, I started looking at people's brains, and I realized there was a huge missing piece to the puzzle of the work I was doing. And ultimately through that, I scanned myself. And I was horrified. My brain was not nearly as healthy as I thought it should be or would be. And so I've been developing ways to improve my brain and the brains of my patients and the people I serve uh, for the last 25 years. And it's just been the most exciting journey to realize, well, I was not stuck with the brain I have. I could make it better. And in the process, uh, at 62 I think as sharply as I did when I was 22, I just have more experience. Uh, <laughs> you know, I realized that most 62-year-old brains are not very healthy. And for sure, for sure, most 82-year-old brains are not very healthy. And since I'm planning on living till I'm 82, 92, 102, 
um, I want to go there with my cognitive skills intact. And that requires forethought, judgment, impulse control, a plan. And, you know, I figure if I'm going to develop for me, I might as well share it with the people I care about. And that's so interesting because when you talk about having a healthy brain, we don't, it's, it's hard for us to envision when you say what a healthy brain looks like. And I, I know I've looked at your book, and it's amazing to see the difference between the two, but can you talk about the difference between just the appearance of a healthy brain versus an unhealthy brain? So we do a study called SPECT, S-P-E-C-T, that looks at blood flow and activity, looks at how the brain works. And in a healthy brain, you see full, even, symmetrical activity. So you see sort of a big, fat grapefruit. Um, an unhealthy brain sort of looks like a prune. It looks older, smaller, more wrinkled. And your day-to-day habits grow your brain or they shrink it. And ultimately, you have a choice uh, until it's so small that you don't have a choice anymore. Uh, One of the things that you said, because you talk about how, and this really just stopped me in my track when I read it in your book, and you talk about how psychiatrists are the only medical specialists who rarely look at the organ they treat. And I would never even thought about that. And, And so why isn't why aren't they looking at the brains? Um, it's not part of their tradition. It's not part of their training. And we've developed a whole diagnostic system based on symptoms, not on physiology. And even though it's wrong, it's what they do. And it's really hard to change an educational system to something that is radically different. But the future is going to be imaging. It'll be imaging genetics, and in the future we'll actually be using less medicine than we do now. And that that was going to be my next question because I know you talk a lot about imaging. So can you explain to me how people can start looking at their brains? Like if I read your book and say, gosh, I want to see what mine looks like, where do you go? You, you, know, you don't walk to Walgreens and, and say, hey, let me get a brain scan. How do you do that? How do you go about using energy? Uh, you know, obviously people can come to one of our six clinics because uh, we have more experience than anyone in the world. But a long time ago I realized not everyone's going to get a scan. And so based on thousands of scans, I developed questionnaires and assessment tools that people can get either through my books or at our online community called Brain Fit Life. Uh, and in that way, they can at least learn what I've learned uh, about the brain. But ultimately, if you don't look, you don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, nobody gives people the diagnosis of chest pain. Right, chest pain is a symptom right. that could be from many different causes. You could have a heart attack or a heart arrhythmia. You could have pneumonia. You could have hepatitis. You could have an ulcer. You could 
have gas or grief. Uh, so you don't get the diagnosis of chest pain. But depression is the same thing. You could be depressed because you have losses or negative thoughts. Yes, that's true. Or you could be depressed because your thyroid's low or because you have a brain infection, you have Lyme disease, or you have mold in your house, or um, you've been exposed to carbon monoxide. If you don't look, what you're doing is you're treating a final common pathway of many illnesses. And you're not likely to be as successful as you could be. And I think that's one thing that's really surprising is to look at the different health issues that originate in the brain because you're even saying things like obesity can be connected back to the brain. So I know. Isn't that crazy when you think about it? Yeah. Can you explain Uh, how that works? Like what is that connection? As your weight goes up, the actual physical size and function of your brain goes down. And when I read that, I lost 30 pounds because I'm never purposefully doing something to damage my brain. And the fat cells are not innocuous. So in 19, was it 1978, I was a first-year medical student, and I started cutting on my cadaver. And Irma was 84, and she and I became very close. Um, And I remember cutting through her skin and seeing, uh, she was fairly thin, but the layer of fat uh, under her skin, it was bright yellow, greasy. And we just thought fat was a storage place for excess calories. But now we know that was wrong, that fat is its own organ that produces something called inflammatory cytokines. And inflammation can damage every organ in your body. So the more fat, the more inflammation, plus fat stores toxins. The more fat, the more toxic load in your body. And so, you know, you just don't want a lot of it. Uh, You have to have some, obviously. But I don't know if you've noticed all the pregnant men in our society. You know, it's yeah. just like every, everywhere I go, these guys have these huge bellies. And I'm like, dude, you have to deliver the baby. Don't <laughs> you know that this is not good for you? <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, do you think, because it doesn't seem like a lot of other things are working. People know oh, fat is bad for my heart. If I'm overweight, it's 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 bad for a lot of things. Will finally knowing it's also shrinking their brains be the part that kicks in with us and makes us go, okay, now I really got to get serious about losing weight? I hope so. Uh, I coined the term the dinosaur syndrome, which is completely rude, and I almost <laughs> re- regret that I did that. But you know, it's you know, as your weight goes up, the size and function of your brain goes down. And I first thought it up on a plane, and I was going from. Chicago to Des Moines and there's a really overweight woman next to me and we were in a little plane and you know uh, she, half of her body was in my seat and I and I had the thought in my head you know you should tell her that she doesn't want to be a dinosaur 
big body, <laughs> little brain, you're going to become extinct. And then, you know, the next thought in my head was shut your mouth. Don't <laughs> ever, ever say that out loud. Um, I got home and told my wife, Tana, about the dinosaur syndrome. And she said, shut your mouth. Don't ever say that out loud. It's good to get that positive reinforcement from your spouse, isn't it? (laughs) But two weeks later, we were in Pittsburgh at GNC. You know, GNC is the supplement health company. And and their marketing director was morbidly obese. And it irritated me because if you don't live the message of your life, you sort of suck as a messenger. (laughs) But, you know, I'm, you know, doing business with them and I'm, you know, I'm polite. Uh, until we went to dinner, and I saw him order two souffles. And when I'm out to dinner, I'm really working to stay healthy. Uh, I watch what I eat. I watch what I order. You know, I don't let people push food on me. And when I saw him order two souffles, I'm like, Tom, you don't want to be a dinosaur. (laughs) And he's like, what do you mean? And then I told him about the whole dinosaur thing. And the next month, he lost 17 pounds. Really? The next year, he lost 80 pounds. And I've had people, since I've talked about it publicly, lose 400 pounds. You don't want to be a dinosaur. And so, you know, there's a verse in the New Testament, John 8:32, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the truth is, the, the obesity epidemic in our country is the biggest brain drain in the history of the United States. Oh, that's it's incredible. Not, it's, it's not right, and we need to address it, and we need to be serious about it. We don't need to have Congress telling us that ketchup is a vegetable because <laughs> it's not a vegetable, right? I mean, tomatoes aren't a vegetable anyways. They're fruit, but we, we need to just, Get honest and serious and, you know, stop the bowing down to the food companies that are trying to kill us. And, and what's amazing, too, is that obesity is just one ailment that you can link back to the brain. And I look at, you know, obviously things like depression, which originate with the brain, and there, there's all these other ailments that we're just not treating from the brain. Well, here's the short course on preventing Alzheimer's disease. Um, If you want to prevent Alzheimer's disease, you have to prevent all of its risk factors. And there are 26 of them. So obesity is just one. But having untreated depression, untreated ADHD, PTSD, bipolar disorder, sleep apnea, hypertension. And when you actually end up looking at all of them, it's the same plan. It's diet, exercise, new learning, lab testing, and optimizing your important health numbers. Like low testosterone for men and women is associated with dementia. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not hard to fix. Kill the sugar, start lifting weights, and take precursors. And if that doesn't work, take this hormone. But if you don't know how many risk factors you have, then you don't have a plan. So what I try to give people in in my work, um, and 
my wife and I have two new books coming out in November called The Brand Warrior's Way mm-hmm. and The Brand Warrior's Way Cookbook, where we give people a path. That's why it's called The Way. The Brand Warrior's Way is do this, and you can be cognitively healthy for as long as possible. Yeah, and I was fortunate enough, to, again, to be able to read the advanced copy of that, and it really does give a very nice guide into exactly what you need to do. And where it says the brain warrior, it might sound like it's daunting or tough, but can you talk about that, why you call it the brain warrior's way? Well, because it's really clear to us you're in a war for the health of your brain. Everywhere you go, someone is trying to shove bad food down your throat that will kill you early. The real weapons of mass destruction, my wife hates when I say this, (laughs) but I'm like, McDonald's has killed more people than ISIS has ever thought about. (laughs) The, The weapons of mass destruction are highly processed, pesticide sprayed, high glycemic, low fiber food-like substances that are destroying the health of, uh, of America. We need to recognize what's healthy and what's not and focus on what serves our health rather than what steals our health. And it's not just food. I mean, it's the constant negativity from the news. It's the gadgets, uh, I think the new iPhone's just been released. Uh, it's the gadgets that steal our attention. Did you know the human attention span is now eight seconds? I saw that this week, and goldfish actually have a longer attention span than we do now. This is evolution going wrong. <laughs> We're going the wrong way, aren't we? <laughs> We're going the wrong way. We can do better, and if you do better with this whole concept of epigenetics, that your habits turn on or off certain genes that make illness or health more or less likely, not just in you, but in your babies and grandbabies, well, how exciting is that to know that I can leave a legacy of health if I teach my kids to make the right decisions, or I can leave a legacy of illness if I'm too busy to cook a healthy meal and just end up at, you know, the fast food place where I actually don't, I've never read, and you can go online and read the ingredients and they'll horrify you uh, of the stuff that you order. I mean, I've liked this as healthy, quote, healthy fast food place, Subway, and I just go read the ingredients. Uh, you know, like roasted chicken. It'll horrify you. Right. And how much you brought up a great point because people will do something for their children that they wouldn't do for themselves. And if they start understanding how their habits and what they're eating affect the next generation, you've talked about that can actually change their habits. How exciting is that? So your habits turn on or off certain genes in your ovaries. And so what you eat and the stress that you're under is making your babies and grandbabies healthier. And your, you know, if you had a daughter, so I have three of them, when our daughters were born, they were born with all of the eggs they'll ever have. So what they do throughout their life 
is turning on or off those genes that make illness or health more likely in my grandbabies. And it's like, whoa. That's an incredible responsibility, but it's also an incredible gift to think about that we actually have that in our power. Right. That's amazing. And we have a new high school course called Brain Thrive by 25 where we teach kids about how to take care of their brain. And it's just one of the most important things I've ever done because I'm telling them that they can, they have the power today to make their brains better or worse. And with a better brain comes a better job, comes a better relationship, comes more money, comes cooler cars, cooler vacation. Uh, That when a brain is not right, you're more likely to be passed over for promotion. You're not as likely to get into the college you want to. You're going to end up having less options. And nobody tells them about this. Well, and I think what you do so well is connect the dots for us. These aren't isolated things like I need to eat right, and then I also need to take care of myself from my job. You show us how all these things work together. And uh, now that I think you've probably gotten everyone's attention, we, uh, we can get the book Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. The latest edition is out. But you also have the new book coming out in November, The Brain Warrior's Way and The Brain Warrior's Way Cookbook, correct? Yeah, we're so excited. And Tana's greatest gift, besides being an awesome wife, is taking really healthy food, like medicine-quality food, and making it taste awesome. That's fantastic. But we have to wait till November for that. So until then, what are a couple things that our listeners can do to start changing the way that they're caring for their brains? So change your brain, change your life, they can get for sure. Or they can join our online community at uh, mybrainfitlife.com and test their brain, work their brain, play brain games that are truly awesome and amazing. Get 168 of Tana's recipes and be part of our uh, community. All right. Well, Dr. Amen, as always, it's wonderful to talk to you. You always give me more than my brain can handle to think about. So um, I really appreciate you spending time with us today, and, and I say we do this again sometime. I'd love that. Fantastic stuff, as always, when Paula guest hosts on the program. If you'd like a free sketch note of this episode, you can visit livehappynow.com. And don't forget to join us next time as Dr. Shrikamar Rao rejoins the podcast. We always love having him on. And we're going to talk with him about how you can stop the negative chatter in your head. It's going to be a good time. We also want to hear from you before the next podcast. Let us know what you thought of this episode, maybe something you took away or something you'd like to hear on a future episode. We're open to ideas. You can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, or you can just send us a good old-fashioned email, podcast at LiveHappy.com. For Paula Phelps and Dr. Daniel Amen, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, and thank you for helping us to live happy.